How you guys doing today? Chill. I'm just Chill. Yeah. Apparently, we're both sleeping. Yeah. Uh, do you guys <laughs> yeah. get some caffeine? I get a special delivery. I get on the Grubhub and send you some uh, an espresso. Or you look a little sleepy. Oh, is it? Is no, it espresso it's espresso or espresso. It's the lighting. It's, it's the lighting. Oh. The, like sleepy lighting. Yeah. Pe- people uh, are listening to this podcast, but on Discord right now, I just have this really like soft black shadow on my face with like a little like a glamour model with yeah with like a little with a little uh highlight here it's just like i just look like i'm from a sleepy ad or something actually it's kind of like lenny reifenstahl like she believed in lighting men from the side to give them a more masculine rugged appearance you got that going on are you saying i look like a nazi wow man wow <laughs> incredible you know, she made so many other movies but uh yes uh i have accused <laughs> who's you of, who's that lenny reifenstahl is a famous uh german filmmaker who made a uh nazi propaganda movie that every every like fantasy war film has ripped off oh yeah, including it's, it's star wars <laughs> and lord of the rings yeah yeah Oh, is that something with the uh, all the plane shots, or like the they yeah, have and, and like Hitler were... like floating through audience, like huge crowds of soldiers and stuff. Hmm. Um, but before that, she made German uh, expressionist film in, I believe, or she may, maybe it was not. Is it expressionist, expressionist or expressionist? It's not. Okay. <laughs> I, I only know her honestly from uh, Triumph of the Will. That's the only thing. Ah. Though I did, didn't she also do like Olympic documentaries and stuff? She did an Olympic yeah. documentary, yeah. So. Um, but she also made some just films. I believe she worked, I want to say, as a cinematographer, but she believed in lighting men, always lighting men from the side to emphasize their masculine traits and lighting women from the front to sort of soften and flatter. It's kind of a very old school Hollywood, I guess, or not even Hollywood, but style of lighting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, hmm. I'm actually so. yeah I'm actually uh, looking at her career right now because I'm curious. Yeah, she was she was basically um, just the leader of the propaganda division of the Nazi Party. But it's interesting because even though she made all of these evil enter- entertainments, she's also considered this really important figure in terms of just documentary film history because she like founded oh, yeah. a lot of techniques and it's. It's kind of like how we look at uh, Birth of a Nation by D.W. Griffith. Right. And it's like, yeah, this film was so important to the language of film, but it was also about the KKK and celebrating the and KKK. And it also <laughs> revitalized the KKK. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So Lenny Reifenstahl only really made, I think, one uh, piece of propaganda, Triumph of the Will, but it's like such, uh, it's incredibly well shot and just kind of ridiculous Hmm. that it's had an outsized influence. And also she was making, she was a female filmmaker in the 1930s, which, you know, so she's kind of like, she's kind of a complicated figure because she's a woman who was making films when women weren't usually making films, but then she was making Nazi films. So, (laughs) yeah. Cool. Interesting, interesting person of history. <laughs> yeah, so uh, there's your, your your half-assed history lesson for the day. There you go. Uh, you guys want to talk about the news? The news? Yes. The news? The news? Yeah, yeah, so I, talk- I did see that cryptocurrency crashed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Again. Again. Again, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> that's the news that we're talking about, right? Crypto. That's the volatile. Yeah. Uh, buy your <laughs> Ethereum. Um, now, buy low, sell high. Make that shit crash again. Uh, no, we're not. We're talking about AMD has uh, finally released or is about to release, and they've unveiled their successor. 
I guess successor isn't the right word, but their rival product to NVIDIA's DLSS, which is a proprietary product. AMD has Fidelity FX Super Resolution, which without getting crazy technical, because I couldn't even really do it, is um, it's a way of rendering a game at a lower resolution and then upscaling it to a higher resolution that maintains the graphical fidelity you would expect at that higher resolution. So you could think of like a game that would have been, you know, only able to be run at 1080p, 30 frames per second, could then run at 4K, 30 frames per second because of this feature. So the cool thing about this is that AMD cards now, as this feature grows, becomes more adopted, AMD cards are going to be more interesting. But the bigger thing that might be interesting is that this is going to be an easy way for console development because all consoles use AMD cards to basically to do this kind of upscaling really easily and there's an infrastructure in place. Mm -hmm. And even if consoles didn't use AMD cards, they could do it because it works on the Intel integrated and older NVIDIA cards. So yay. Or I'm sure you're really excited about this news. Yeah. Wait, wait, hold hold on a second. You look, you look like very excited. Hold on a second. You guys, you guys weren't just speaking French for two minutes. Is that? Yes. Yeah. That was, that was your Latin lesson for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I was just kind of like, wow, Aaron is impressing me with his French skills. And I was like, wait, wait, no, that wasn't French. I just want to make that clear. Okay. Sounds good. Definitely not. Yeah, man, it's a big deal. Basically games will look nice and be pretty. In the future. Well, they'll look nice and they'll run well. Yeah, they'll be they'll pretty. They'll be performant. They'll be pretty. Uh, <laughs> they'll be pretty. Okay, now, but, now you're so, speaking my language, literally. There you there go. There we yeah. go. <laughs> I, I mean, like, a way to think about it is it means that, like, like they've basically just squeezed, like, t- you know, at the very, in the bottom end, 30 to 40% up to 100% more performance from the current gen consoles. Nice. But the exciting. newest gen, it's like exciting. our consoles, that you know, Xbox Series and the PlayStation Five consoles, not the, the old consoles. Um, so that's all, cool. All, all I know is that my little tiny Xbox Series S runs games at sixty frames per second, and it looks pretty. That's all. It does look it pretty. Does. Yeah. It runs pretty, oh, yeah. and it looks pretty. Kevin got a got a Series S. I have S. an Xbox Series. S. I love it. Series. Yeah, it's it, a great. So console. you just love how tiny it is. I just. Yeah, it's it looks it's adorable. I was thinking of taking off my PS4 and just putting that in the garbage because I'm never gonna play that thing ever again, and keeping the Xbox for life. <laughs> I mean, I what are you what PS5 are you gonna use the PS4 for? For for real, I actually never play it um, because I already play all the games on it that were good. Um, so there's not a lot of games on it that I want to play. But the the Xbox has got the Game Pass, so and that backwards compat like I always talk about. I'm so happy. So. It's a good console. It stuff does look pretty and run pretty for real. I was playing Mass Effect on it, and uh, talk about that more later, I guess. But it's good. Yeah, it's good. Um, if it basically feels like a gaming PC that I don't have to that you just plug into your TV yeah, and you're just good do to go. The gaming PC stuff on. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. I can I can only say good things about it. Big fan. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Mm-hmm. Um, in other news, Nvidia announces two new video cards that you won't be able to buy. Um, I, I kind of just want to like f- say, fuck you, NVIDIA. Like, why are they announcing new video cards when they can't Money. even fulfill orders of their current video cards? Like, what did they... Because they can charge more and yeah, make more money on it's it. It's true. Um, Take advantage of the uh, current shortage of stuff. Right. Just in time for the crypto boom. Yeah. I mean, uh, crash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> buy that Doge. Buy that Ether and Doge. Yeah, get that Doge going. Uh, 
Far Cry 6's narrative director has said, or I guess at first he said something like, our story is not commentary on modern day Cuba, which the internet ran with as saying the story was not political in any way. And then he clarified saying our story is political, obviously stories about, um, how, do we have the exact quote? I'd love to see it. But like he basically said, look, you can't make a story about politics and dictatorships and military coups without it being political. Obviously, the, the revolution. In revolution, yeah. They obviously looked at real-world examples and thought about political um, realities when making this, which I, I think, you know, it's not like... I don't expect uh, Ubisoft or Far Cry to make a game that's going to say anything politically interesting, necessarily. or But, but like, it's good. This is maybe as good as it's going to get in terms of them saying, yeah, of course our games are political, whereas you get, like, Call of Duty a few years ago saying, our game's not political at all, and it's, like, got Ronald Reagan in it. Yeah, this is actually an interesting story for me. I've I've been thinking about this a lot because uh, Ubisoft especially has this trend of making, especially the Far Cry games, they'll just make a game that's like so obviously a political context. Like uh, like in uh, Far Cry Five, they had basically religious kind of white supremacist fundamentalists as the bad guys. And it's just like you can't just put these games in these settings and then say they're not political. Like, like they're inherently political. So, at the very least, I'm glad that they're owning up to it and they're actually saying yes, it's political because it's ridiculous. Like, for, like what you said, Aaron, it's ridiculous to make a game called Cold War, and you frame Ronald Reagan as this hardline <laughs> uh, military man who was doing the right thing despite killing all these people he just had to do what he had to do and say it's not political it's like the most ridiculous thing to say of course it's political right for sure yeah i just said it wasn't political the other day i believe them um <laughs> it's like same line of thinking i don't know it's goofy so i, I guess like i i don't want to give them too much credit but at least they're being uh sincere so uh, on that particular front i don't know do you have any thoughts no i i agree with you guys for sure cool all right, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Kevin, you got it on your Xbox oh, Series shit. S. Oh, shit. I'm it sorry. I'm falling asleep. I'm falling asleep. you just saying Mass Effect Legendary Edition. You're not Edition. a fan? You, you, you are. You don't like Mass Effect? I do, I do like, such a, I do get like Mass Effect. out of here. It's such an important game in the genre of, of narrative storytelling. And yeah, I would think you'd actually think be like into it. this. Think about it. It's a three-game epic arc that tells, tells one I played continuous story. Yeah. They're great. And I just don't the best care. Facial animation. <laughs> no, I'm I'm kidding, Kevin. Go ahead. I I know. Here's the thing. All of my friends are. I'm a little bit resentful of it because I have a friend group. Right. I was playing Resident Evil Village and I was really into it. It was like this game's awesome. And then they they were like all like, ah, oh, I'm not gonna play that. I'm gonna play Mass Effect Legendary Edition. And I just got annoyed. But anyway. So I see you have a personal. Personal problem. With I would call this is definitely a this, is a this is a grudge. This is a grudge. It's a Mass Effect grudge. I always have this perspective of when I haven't played a game for a long time that when I go back and play, I'm not going to like it. Just I don't know how I. I'm always that way. I'm like I'm Half Life. That's not going to be good anymore. I always think that, and then I go back and play. I'm like, oh, this is actually, I see why I like this. Um, but Mass Effect, I still liked it. I, some some games I didn't like. It's happened before, hmm. but Mass Effect, I thought was fun. I like the. Uh, You've only played like two hours. I only played it. two hours, but yeah. it was fun. It was like clunky combat, but I still enjoyed it. The uh, the new the remaster looks really nice. By the way, the characters have all been redone. They look a lot better. They have really horrible face animations, <laughs> and it's just funny because I forgot how bad they were. I guess because we hadn't seen that a lot. 
back in the day, but were yeah. they that bad back in the day? Cause I, yes. I remember there being all this hype and like, yes. I watched this long video about how their facial animations were going to be revolutionary. And I'm like shocked at how bad they look. I mean, if you just compare that to like <laughs> half-life one where they were basically like puppets moving there, Roger that Gordon, let's run like hell. Good, good. And came out four years, three years before that has really good facial animation. Does it? I think it does. I don't know. We should go back and look. we should we should we'll test this next time we talk. We can be like, oh yeah, uh, with the Half Life Two, and look at it. it looked better than Mass Effect or it looked I worse. Mean, they just look like it looks so bad. And the, so the the aliens actually look good because you have no expectation for how an alien face yeah, should like move. Nihilist in the beginning right. it looks perfect, Great. but the humans like, are really weird. Especially the default version of uh, Femship, which I made because I had played Male Shepherd the first time, so I wanted to try something different. And he she looked like really weird. She looked bizarre. So we ended up having to make a custom character, which she looked, looked like a Barbie doll. Someone put lipstick on and like, like dressed up and melted <laughs> like her for, face a little for, bit. Like for drag race. Like it was just like, she looked very bizarre. It was very strange. She looked weird. It was odd, but the, uh, it's just, I playing it. It was like a nice refreshing, like, ah, I miss this. I miss this music. I miss this setting. I miss this story. I miss this clunky gameplay. I like it. The music's incredible. I re- the pacing of that game is very, something I really like. Cause I like how it has like a lot of, uh, dialogue gameplay, and then some shooting, and then some slow exploration. It has like sure. all of those things kind of mixed in a way that I that I don't think I can think of in a current game. Maybe The Witcher, but I, well, The Witcher Three the Witcher has a it. lot of those trailing missions that are pretty boring. <laughs> yeah, I where you're just like using yeah. your Witcher senses to track stuff for like ten minutes. But I think probably most people like Mass Effect for this for the setting. Right, the setting was very well done. The well, setting well, was the, probably, also the the sense yeah. of choice was like a pr- mm-hmm. pretty yes. huge deal. Yeah, yeah. It really feels like Kotor, the first game especially. Sure, like Kotor. I mean, National Republic. It really reminds me of that, and it looks like it's even still in the Aurora engine, which is the engine that Kotor was on. I don't know if that's what it is, hmm. but it really like the, that's but, Unreal Three. Oh, it is Unreal Three. You're right. Yeah. So it just it, they just styled it after because I remember in Kotor, I put which I played on Xbox originally. It has these like little blue circles you can use to like highlight things that you can interact with, and this game does the exact same thing. So it just feels very familiar. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It, it's kind of funny because yep. I played. I actually played Kotor two. I want to mm-hmm. say back in 2017. So like relatively recently. And uh, yeah, I could, I was watching the Mass Effect gameplay, and I definitely got some Kotor two vibes, like really when, subtle. When I, when, pl- when playing it, it just is like, oh, this is like Golden Age Bioware, and before they right. became garbage. You know, what they are now. <laughs> yeah. Is that too harsh? Calling calling modern day Bioware yeah. garbage? Yeah, they're not the same company at all. They aren't, and it, but it's funny because like I remember very distinctly back in two thousand six and seven when they started doing promotional materials for this game, that people were like, "Oh, Bioware's changed. They're not making you know CRPGs anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it's a new company now. They're making these Xbox games." And it's and now I think the narrative has really shifted. People think of the Golden Age of Bioware as like mass effect is that's it that's but it's there it's it's weird how these things happen but like i do think that like that company lost its identity and it lost the people who made it what it was oh Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, i I mean uh who was casey hudson right he was like the head guy Mm -hmm. on mass effect 2 and And one yeah like uh, i remember yeah i i heard that i don't know the exact names of the people but i remember that they lost a lot of their key writing staff in one and two 
and that's why three feels a little bit different compared to the first two because they also lost their composer on three jack right it's a big loss and it just is a tonal like the whole game feels fundamentally changed from the different music it's it's kind of interesting though because i know some people that fight for mass effect three and think it's the best one and i guess like i I can Hmm. see why because three has a lot of pretty awesome set pieces and it mm-hmm. and probably has the best feeling combat overall, but like one and two, I think, are pretty special. For yeah, the writing in two, I really liked a lot. The way that the, the your, you manage your party and everything, I think I don't think I've seen a game still handle that. Especially the final mission, how that all can play out is very cool. Hmm. Yeah, you're saying in the second game. Second game. Yeah. So I'm I've only played the first one so far for like three hours. We played it together. Mostly yeah. he played and I yeah. watched, but he played too though. I played a little, yeah. It, you know what was interesting was like, and it, it wasn't obvious to me until now how dated that game like was even for its time. Like the whole package was super ambitious and was ahead of its time. But like the execution of Mass Effect One was like it was clear that this is a company that had never made a shooter before. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. Definitely, it definitely is not. <laughs> Shooting is not the the star of Mass Effect. No. 1. Um, it's and I, I played it on PC back at the time, and I want to say that either I modded it to have better controls, or that the PC version had slightly better controls. Mm. I know they've amped it up even more, so it's it's better than it was uh, now on the, uh, the Legendary Edition. But mm-hmm. um, it does. Uh, there's some things about it that just like watching it, like it feels like it's on the wrong side of the abyss from like where we moved into like modern gaming. I think maybe like modern gaming sensibilities like it has maybe too many vestigial pieces mm-hmm. like mass effect one i'm like do i want to play this again i'm 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 unsure but like <laughs> i i love the setting of that game and i really did love yeah. the sense of feeling like you were making your own way mm-hmm. um and the characters are really great so there's some things in the music is just phenomenal the menu music i remember when it played i was like ah oh, this is the menu theme the one. <laughs> Isn't it the thing the where it's game. like do 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 do? It's like it's just this like ambient chords that they kind of play out, uh, and it's just yeah. this like kind of yeah. somber, but like it sounds kind of I don't know. So Kirk Hamilton of uh, the Triple Clip Triple Click podcast pointed out, and he noticed this, and apparently he's like the first person to notice this on the internet that that menu music is also when you're in the engine room is like very subtly in the the tones are interlaced into the engine sound so if you sit in the engine room you can actually hear the menu music mm. but it's extremely subtle and he tweeted it out and the 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 music guy was like oh my god you're the first person to ever notice that nice. <laughs> that's so look out for that yeah publicly hmm. that is a cool that's that's cool i like that little easter egg yeah yeah uh, but i'm definitely gonna probably play through it it weirdly, like I have all these other games on my Series S, um, but for some reason, after we bought it, it's like all I wanted to play today was that, like nothing else. I just yeah. like wanted to sit down and play that. So. Yeah, we could play some more tonight. I, I would love. I love. I was really enjoying watching it. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun. It's a fun trip down. It's just. It's funny because it's like crappy gears, because like it's obviously going for gears, but like it's just not. <laughs> yeah, it's not even a quarter of a way that there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Mass Effect. I think I'm not gonna play it, but. I think it's definitely feasible to play through all three of them again because I think each game is like 20 hours long. They're not even like that long yeah. compared to... Honestly, all three of them together is probably the length of The Witcher 3. So It could be. If you know what's that, funny? Yeah. So you know how you can you, how you can customize your face and then you can have you can continue your character in the next game and the third game? 
when the third game came out, um, the facial import feature was broken. So like when you launch the game and go to import your save, your face said like, oh, there's corruption. You need to make your face again, which I was no way I was could do that because I, from memory from the second game, like, you know, so I got this tool someone someone made on launch day to like import your save and try and like remake the face, but it just never was right. Mm. So all of Mass Effect 3, my shepherd was like this weird doppelganger, like cloned <laughs> wannabe version of the Mass Effect 2 version. And it just never felt like I was playing the same character. The uh, honestly, is that because on- you switched consoles? No, it was on PC. Oh. Uh, honestly, you can just use that metaphor for three. It's like it's just this weird <laughs> doppelganger of two that's not quite there. It's and just it's, wrong. It's just not quite there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the faces, I hate to harp on this game, but the faces look so bad, except I do think that maybe like the male shepherd looks pretty good, and you can customize a female, a fem shep that looks okay. Man, those faces were rough. I wonder how it's going to translate when you move that character into two. I think two. it'll probably be better. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Christ. And I don't know. I the biggest thing that stood out to me looking at Mass Effect gameplay footage was it just seems like such a snapshot of the uh, mid aughts. Like, uh, mm-hmm. like yeah. all of the uh, council scenes remind me of the Star Wars prequels. And like Seth Green is in it, and yeah, you know, as yeah. the J.J. Abrams lens fa- flare, it just feels like such a product of like 2007. That's it's <laughs> and the hairstyles. Aaron was hating all the hairs when oh, making God. the character. He it's, got so mad about that. It. And WoW Classic is it's. I didn't get mad, but like he got the, pissed. I got, I got. Yeah, I, I broke it something. Yeah, he almost broke the table. But uh, <laughs> like they have these like hairstyles that are just so like cheesy dated. Like mostly for the women, they had these like very like of their time trendy haircuts that like nobody would ever wear like a year after the game came out. Sure. Like, now I'm just looking, I'm like, why do they make you choose these hair things? It's, it's the same problem with wow. Classic. They have just like ridiculous hair, haircuts. <laughs> it's kind of, it's, kind, it's um, kind of funny before we move on. One other like thing about it is that sometimes it's mass effect. will have like these like problematic things that I think would be problematic today. Like I remember I saw like a gameplay thing and three enemies show up that you have to shoot, and they're all called thugs. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know <laughs> about that now. Mm. It's definitely a product of its time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what else? I don't know. That game is interesting because when you look at the sort of blocking and the cinematography of the game, it it feels dated. But like, I hadn't played. A naughty dog, uh, you know, a naughty dog game. Like Naughty Dog hadn't made a naughty dog game in 2007. I think they had made the, the first Uncharted game, which was much less ambitious than everything that they've made since. Right. And I hadn't seen a lot of games with that, like the level of production that we're so used to. Yeah. And this was kind of the one of the first games to really aim for the stars and aim for like a Hollywood level of production, with the exception of maybe like the Metal Gear games. Metal Gear, yeah. Sure. Um, and yeah. so it's it, it's it's a really informative piece in terms of sort of the history of video game like authoritative uh, st- storytelling and just like cinematography like it really you can see the steps like like it looks dated but it's it's really cool to see you know where we came from basically. it's also one thing i thought about is how many games before that were rpg shooting games not yeah, looter shooters yeah, but yeah. just rpg games where you shoot someone and they level up like uh, something else before that i know there was but i couldn't think of a lot of games that came before that in terms of maybe like no. maybe like deus ex does that Deus count? Ex, yeah. yeah, that's probably. Deus Ex would be the one. It's probably like the only one I can think of. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a very different thing, and and that game came out in two thousand seven, which I think is still 
one of the best craziest years years for video games. That's when Half-Life 2 Episode 2 came out. That's when Call of Duty 4 came out. That's when Super Mario Galaxy, Bioshock, Bioshock, Stalker. Yeah, Uh, that's a damn good year. There's like 20 other games that I can't even think of, but like an insane year. Yeah, 2007, just generally, even in just like pop culture in general, it was just a big... Big year yeah, for pop right. culture. No country for old men. There will be blood. And, uh, there will be blood. There'll Holy be blood, shit! Yeah. Yeah. What a yeah. year for entertainment. Oh, oh that the was. final season of The Sopranos. <laughs> oh yeah. There you go. <laughs> so it had everything. It was literally like like I feel like media just peaked in 2007. <laughs> so the Mass Effect One is one of those games I remember buying. Like I remember going to Game Crazy, which was attached to Hollywood Video, game Crazy, and going to the store and buying the game. The guy was like, "You're gonna like this game," and it was like the game had been out I think for a day or two. Mm. But for some reason, everyone at the retail stores had always played the games before you. Oh. I'm like, what? The game no, just came op- out? They open, uh, yeah, because those guys would open those. Because they, they got them like a week early, and then they would playing. open them like assholes. Yeah. Um, I mean, that that game was part of Xbox's, uh, Microsoft's like first initiative to really put the 360 in the consciousness. And they mm-hmm. had a bunch of exclusive games like that, and Bioshock was an exclusive, a, a timed exclusive. And mm-hmm. they had put out all this promotional footage. And like, I remember showing it to a friend of mine t- at the time and I downloaded all these videos on my Xbox 360 and I was like, man, this is like, gaming is changing. Um, and I feel like I was pretty let down by some of the stuff that came, mm-hmm. but like it has, it did change. It finally happened. It just took a little bit longer, but like it was, it was, it was an interesting time. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, I'm never going to play it again, probably, but I'm glad you're playing it, Kevin. I'm enjoying it. I'll talk more about it. Yeah, next I'm glad time. you're playing it too. I, I enjoyed watching it. I'll probably yeah, check it out for more sure. Uh, let's talk about Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which Kevin is now zooming way ahead of me in. Yeah, I've put about 24 hours on that game now, mm. and uh, in I'll probably be comparing it to the first two reboot games, which is Origins and Odyssey, a lot because I played those games a lot as well. And I think Aaron's played both the other two. Mm-hmm. Aaron's never played any of Assassin's Creed, right? Um. I mean, I played the early pre like Witcher three, you know. You know what I'm okay. talking about. It's like I haven't played any of the yes. n- recent ones. I played right. Immortals. So the thing that Orin and I remember that, hated that's, about that's an Assassin's Creed game. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn was the checklists, mm-hmm. right? Right. And just in general, open world games in general, this game does not have them. You go to like a place, like I went to like a base, and I was like, does he have bases anymore? There's no like thing to loot or like people to kill or whatever. Hmm. It doesn't have that anymore. Hmm. That's those are gone. You just go to a base and you take what you want from it. So yeah, that, I, I that heard. Big, uh, uh, I was reading like Jason Schreier was talking about that. He said the open world game design for Valhalla is pretty awesome, like that. So. It is the only my only beef with it, and this is a problem I think with just Ubisoft open world games in general. Is uh, for me, open world games I like when I return to a place because I get to know it. It's, it becomes like a place that you feel right. comfortable with and you're familiar with. Ubisoft games are all about and they're designed to go to the next place and grab the item and do the thing, right? Which is the checklist problem, right? But it's also just that like there's really no incentive to ever go back and do anything in the other place that you've been to before. Mm. So you're always kind of in this this stage of where you're like you never feel like you're in like a comfortable familiar place. You're always going to new places, and that like is always kind of a bummer, especially with um with Assassin's Creed Odyssey because it was such a big world. It was too big. The world was too big. So this game, the world, they really shrunk it down. It's much smaller. Really? Yeah. Oh. It's much smaller. It's much more dense. There's much more to find and to do and to see. There's more. It's like more like dynamic. So that's nice. It also has better stealth. Um, the other two games, you always would 
like take this eagle and like look at the bases and like spot all the guys. Oh yeah. Right. Now if, now you can like use this thing where it just scans the guys if you want to use it. You can change the difficulty for your stealth. There's like a bunch of different settings you can configure. Right. Which is nice because I'm not like that good at stealth games. I enjoy them. I think they're really fun, but I'm not very good at them. I'm, I just I don't know. I just always end up killing everyone like aggressively. Usually, not always, but usually. So it's nice to be able to have the option to like make it so it's just normal and not super hard or if I want to spot people without flying the bird around and doing that mm-hmm. <laughs> boring gameplay, I can. But um, something else about the game that I just really like is that those games are all historical, and I know that they're like fantasy historical, but sure. like they're in a place that existed, and there's people who were living this kind of life. And I just always like it's interesting to like learn about something. People always talk about like lore of games, like oh, the lore of Doom Eternal <laughs> or the lore of you know. I love the, reading the Doom Slayer tablets or whatever, and like that stuff's cool. But like I I like learning about something that's actually like a real place or sure. people have been there. Like when I look at the Greek map, I'm like, oh, it's like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I actually have like some sort of frame of reference when I look at it. So like I don't know. I, I think the historical setting is a real strength for for those games. What do you think about that? I yeah, I really agree. I I mean, I loved Odyssey for that reason, and I know that they went to sort of painstaking detail to recreate a lot of places. That uh, so it was you know it was neat. It, like it's it's a breath of fresh air. I don't want to be constantly going to some variation of Middle Earth. Like I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. sick of that, and I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sick of for the most part uh, aliens and Star Wars. Even though for I, sure i was saying i wanted to play returnal so and we were just talking about mass effect how much we love it yeah <laughs> mass effect but honestly uh, like sorry go back to mass effect i was actually thinking about this the other day i feel like the mass effect is more like proto marvel like proto infinity war because it's like about hmm. getting on the band together from all these different sects to fight the bad guy to me like it was more like marvel like in retrospect. Isn't there like 80s movies too though? Like the soldier who has to like get his Vietnam squad back together to like yeah, defeat the I big think that's sure. an trope. It's like an old trope, I think. Like sure. You know what's interesting about Mass Effect for for we'll, we'll dip back into Mass Effect for a second is is it's like it's influenced by like Star uh Star Trek, Star Wars, like Star Trek the Next Generation and like Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar. And so then much. I feel like new uh, sci-fi shows like The Expanse are very influenced by Mass Effect. That's funny. <laughs> right. Which is like, one of those things. I personally I think the Mass Effect universe is like at that level of those higher quality prestige it can movies i think it's as yeah. good as that i think they, they really did a lot of world building and that, that's which is it's kind of right. it's kind of wild to think that we're in an era where video games are influencing other media like we talked about this on a previous podcast but guillermo del toro i remember reading an interview that the shape of water the production design was inspired by bioshock it's like mm, that's right. <laughs> so, that's cool. Yeah, it's and it's that it shows up in that movie big it, time. Yeah, and yeah. also the people who go to Stalker, they go over to Chernobyl right, and right. act like Stalkers. Yeah, exactly, and, yeah, salamis and everything. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool so, that video games are doing that now. But anyway, going back to uh, Valhalla. I, Valhalla. Yeah. Do you remember me complaining in Valhalla when we had? I think we had Eric as our guest. I was talking about how I can't stand the Diablo loot systems and just in general that like per, like constant loot and breaking materials down that is completely gone they got rid of that that was like one of my biggest beefs with odyssey was the <laughs> diablo loot so that, that's gone so almost everything that i complained about with odyssey they fixed in this game and i think odyssey is a great game just just i know i complained about it but like i love that game it's the only open world game i've ever completed that like i've played every open world game practically but i've never seen credits roll except on odyssey which i love which is funny because i haven't beat odyssey yeah <laughs> <laughs> i usually beat my games but um but yeah i, I uh I'm also playing it on PC and Xbox, which is awesome because I can, you know, 
Oh, you can switch back and forth. You can forth. switch back and forth. That's sure. so nice. That is pretty so, cool. The PC version, too, if you're a PC gamer, runs in DirectX 12, and the other two games run in DirectX 11, and they both run like poop. Even with, I have a nice high-end computer with a current, you know, fancy graphics card, and the old game is running exactly the same, but this game at high resolution, almost 4K, runs like 80, 90 FPS. Yeah, not for me, though. Well, for me, sorry. it runs worse. So for I, me, it runs yeah. better. So if you have a, if you have a high-end GPU, it will run really well. Yeah. Better than the other games. <laughs> That's cool. awesome. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll finally try this one. It was kind of I was actually about to try Valhalla, but instead I was like, I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna play Immortals, and I liked Immortals so, a lot. It was. Good. Do you remember in again, The Witcher has this too in the Batman games? They have this this gameplay content where you like it'll like put you in a room and it's like and, and check the check on the thing like do the police work and like do, check on this thing and do this, but it's like this very like linear like you have to do it. Batman. Vision. There's no reason like it doesn't feel like it's fun or like you're learning anything. It's just like. The character, like you're watching the character, like interact with stuff, and like, huh? It was like this guy had, you know, ate spaghetti today. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, The Witcher Three had that problem. Anyway, I don't like that at all. I personally like really dislike despise that gameplay. Um, this game has a mission where you, there's these three people who are a traitor, and you have to like find out who did it, and you have to like explore the world and like talk to people to find out who did it, not just like look at one room, like little, you know, forensic stuff. So like they did that gameplay, and and it's also optional. You don't have to do it, but it's fun to do it. So like they did the that kind of gameplay in a way that was like wow this is fun, like, I want to do this investigation gameplay which I never normally like. It's interesting that like Ubisoft or Ubisoft Montreal whoever's making these particular Montreal, games this game. is really clearly listening to criticism and taking yes. it seriously and like internalizing it and implementing it into the games because like you look at like the thing that they implemented in Odyssey which they implement even better in Valhalla I want to call it it's Explorer mode is that what it's called mm-hmm. yeah. where they basically like remove most of the UI and the UI prompts from the game so it's much more user directed uh, um, and, and they Immortals did like even does more that. of that Immortals does yeah. that yeah yeah that's part of the it reason really, why I loved it so much. Like, I hate open yeah. world games, but I was like, damn, I feel like I'm actually exploring this world. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it really changes how you interact with the game. And it sounds like, from what you were just saying, that they did even more of that in the sort of mission design. So that's fucking awesome. They did, yeah. It, it also doesn't have quest givers. It used to have, like, literal, like, wow kind of quest givers. Where you'd go and be like, hey, can you go grab five rabbit's feet and return <laughs> them to me? And I'll give you some crappy that's true, items. Huh? That's that's gone now. Mm. Now people are like, "Oh my god, my house is on fire!" When you walk by, and it's like something's happening. It's interesting. It's not just like a boring NPC who's, yeah, offering you to, to help hand them the book that's across the room. Nothing none of that stuff anymore. So, yeah, I don't know. I really like the game so far. I think it's really fun. It's probably like I. It's like it feels like it's one of those like really high quality open world games that the other two games weren't quite at that level yet, but they finally hit it. So, yeah, it's kind cool. of it's kind of interesting. Like what you said about the quest givers because. That was actually kind of an immersion-breaking thing for me for The Witcher 3, because af- I, I still really love that game, but uh, um, at, like after I hit the 50-hour mark or something, I was like, literally all the content in this game needs to be activated by a quest giver, and that kind of yeah. ruins the immersion. Like I, I love how in Immortals, which, you know, another Ubisoft game that came out last year, you could just happen upon stuff. You could just, like, happen upon a mythological beast or, like, a unicorn or something. Yep. Like, to me, that's way more interesting than the quest giver game design model. Right. Which is totally boring in 2004, like, WoW era. Yeah, kind of game design. exactly. Yeah. That's all Breath of the Wild is what that is. It's like, you just, stuff's happening dynamically. Yeah. Or feels like it, at least. Yeah. It's important too, because like it, you really want the game to feel 
like that kind of game comes comes to life when you feel like you're leading the story or and then you're interacting organically with the world rather than like bling. random random person never met asking you to help, to help them like who, when does that happen imagine if you're walking on the street and someone's like hey could you go on the yard across and kill these rats that you are know, plaguing me like, one time what? i was at a gas station and somebody we know's dad who did not know me asked me to help him lift something very heavy into the back of his truck really yeah was i there no oh <laughs> someone we know's dad yeah the so, person you and i know I won't say who. Wow. But yeah. That's bizarre. <laughs> huh. Hello All right. there. Moving on. Hello there. Do you need, <laughs> can you kill five rats in my garden? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, can hey, you find my pan? Yeah. <laughs> can you find my frying pan? <laughs> my frying pan. Uh, okay. Uh, next, we, what have you been playing, Orin? You've been playing Destiny 2 for some reason. That's actually the official game of the Gemcraft podcast. I think we all know that we're huge Destiny fans. So tell us about this. <laughs> okay. Destiny so, Last. So, or Beyond Light. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was looking for a new game, and I was like, it was so funny because I've been avoiding Destiny 2 like for the past mm. six years. I just haven't wanted to play it. But I was like thinking to myself, man, I really want a game. It's just really low stakes. You just kind of shoot stuff and you like collect stuff and it's all like pretty graphics, but I'm not really thinking about anything that's happening. What game should I be playing? And then it just dawned on me. It should be destiny two. So, uh, I got into destiny two. Here's, here's the thing. Um, destiny two and all of the expansions are on game pass on Xbox. So that really incentivized me to play it. I know a lot of people don't have an Xbox. Like, if you have a PS, PC or a PlayStation, you'd, ha- have, you'd have to shell out money for that. But you get everything on the Xbox Game Pass. Um, so so it inspired me to play it. And I, and I sunk, like, 20 hours into it over Memorial Day weekend. It was just basically my Memorial Day weekend. And I, I really enjoyed it. It was... Um, it's literally... Here's the thing. It's like a tale of two games... On the one hand, if you if you start comparing it to Halo and you start thinking of it in terms of is the storytelling good, is the lore interesting, that sort of stuff, it's 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 trash. Like the the story is just what have you do you guys have any experience with the story at all? And I played through Destiny 2. I actually completed the story at mission mode uh about 2 years ago. No, no, no. Years 2016 maybe, 2017. So What? When did it come out? 2017. Uh, I don't. Yeah. Okay. So maybe I beat it then, 20. Maybe I beat it in 2017 or 2018. Then 2017 for sure. I played a couple hours. Yeah, I beat the story mode back then. So, so like the story is literally like Kingdom Hearts three shit. It's like you need to take the light and you need to fight the darkness with the light. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember it. I just remember you have to fight like a guy with big shoulder pads and then he like dies and you shoot him a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, I don't like off-brand Thanos. Yeah, it's just it's just, yeah, it, was. I don't know. It's just like really it's kind of funny because I ended up skipping a lot of cutscenes because I'm like playing uh, the I just did the tutorial level and then I went straight to the Beyond Light campaign, which is the newest expansion. And every time oh. I yeah, every time I like uh, started paying attention to the cutscenes, I was like, who the hell wrote this? This is just bad. Like, I can't stand this. This is so they, that wasn't even in the game when I played. I only played the vanilla destiny two campaign. Oh, so I don't even know about this whole light stuff. They're talking oh, about. So okay. Like, I don't know if I remember that. So, so, but I remember it, it felt like the most bland setting. Like it was the most like unoriginal, like PG feeling, just 
right? Yeah. Like gray goo. No, no, yeah. It's very much like... Uh, like Horizon Zero Dawn kind of stuff. Uh, like very boring, bland. I would say even worse, because here, yeah, here, here's, th- here's the thing about Destiny 2. It feels like they wrote the universe around the gameplay mechanics... And like, yeah, it's like, okay, it's like, okay, we need did. like a bunch of like looter shooter characters who are collecting loot for some reason. And there's like a bad guy and we have to justify like why they can come back to life and why there's all these merchants. It's like they wrote the whole universe around the gameplay mechanics and it like really shows like it just seems. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like bad. It does. It does seem. It's almost like if they made like a Disney movie where everyone was carrying assault rifles and rocket launchers. That's what it felt like. Oh like yeah, it was just this very <laughs> watered down. Yeah, just, you, you have to fight this guy because he looks like a spider, and he's bad. <laughs> he he possesses the darkness. Oh no, but yeah, I don't know. Like the it, so. Anyway, going back to my original point, I get why people hate it because of the story. Because the story is just like garbage honestly uh however if you just kind of play the game like you know what i'm just gonna do strikes i'm gonna play like like the campaign i'm just gonna go around looking for loot i'm gonna shoot stuff um if you just look at it purely like that the game is a lot of fun so Mm -hmm. so i i was having a blast just doing strikes just doing uh do you guys know what uh aaron do you know what a strike is uh a strike is like a mission but i'm curious are you playing with other people that you know? No. So, so, playing? so this is the interesting thing about it, because I don't know anybody, anybody that plays Destiny 2. Um, so for my whole life, there's this thing that I wanted, and I didn't know I wanted it. I always wanted to play like little 20-minute missions cooperatively that aren't super long. They're just kind of like you just fight through a horde of en- enemies, and then it ends with a final boss, and then you get a loot drop. And it turns out Destiny 2 is famous for that. They're called Strikes. So I've been having a lot of fun just playing the Strikes. I kind of ignore all the other stuff. I just played through the Beyond Light campaign just to see it, and it was okay. But the Strikes and just kind of dropping in for like a few matches with randos, and you're just like fighting guys, doing PvE, and just collecting loot, that's that's kind of where the game really shines for me. But yeah, like all the other stuff is kind of bad but i don't know it's a, it's an interesting game it's it's definitely a tale of two games as a gameplay experience it's really fun but as a hmm. storytelling and world building experience or if you just start comparing it to halo like i can see why people don't like it so here's a, a question i have and kevin probably has the same question or maybe you know like i like halo for the sort of wide linearity missions that it's kind of open-ended missions where you kind of attack a base and you can do it in a lot of ways like most paradigmatically seen in halo one and three uh does i felt from what little i played of uh destiny that the mission design was not so much like that it was more uh, i want to say call of duty-ish maybe i don't know what do you think um it's kind of like how um you know how in halo um there's like this sense of like a giant battle happening and you're like a part of mm-hmm. it, a small part of it. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Bungie really captures that in destiny. However, it doesn't really have the sandbox element I'd say as much. Like it seems it's a lot more like uh, you're just kind of thrust into these skirmishes and you, uh, and you just fight your way through it with two other guardians. Um, 
Hmm. But there's there's different ways to play it. You could also like explore the open world. There's like public events that just happen randomly where uh, you'll just be driving around in your little Star Wars Episode Two speeder bike, sound effects and all, and then you'll just see like a little timer that says public event starts in two minutes, and you can go to it and then like a mission initiates and sometimes like another guardian will just naturally show up and you'll 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 do a small objective and collect loot so that stuff is pretty fun i don't know it's it's a very it's an interesting game because it seems like a lot more user generated and user driven than halo um in ways that are good and bad the the good being the gameplay experience of shooting looting and customizing repeat but the Mm -hmm. bad part is that the story feels like it's underwritten on purpose to the point that it's kind mm. of annoying where it's like, why did they even mm. try? <laughs> like, yeah. That's what I think. Like, I feel like they should have just skipped um, doing any cutscenes or anything because it just kind of seems like it, it, it just seems under, underwritten on purpose. If that makes sense. Yeah. I kind of feel that way. Like Kevin and I played wow retail recently and that game had a lot of story. I wonder why a game that is such an emphasis on sort of like online multiplayer and cooperative multiplayer has a heavy story. Cause I feel like the best story from those type of games is that we went and did the strike and it was really hard and went to this part. Oh and yeah. Like, you know, I got down like the story is the experience. Like why do we need these cutscenes? Cause these people games? want the lore, man. They want the slayer tablets, like You can man. have lore. All, they, that's what they want though. That's what they like. Well, well I, feel I talked to a lot of people. I talked to like five different people who play Destiny for the story. Like, I play it for the story. If it was a book, I would read it. I'm not even joking. You're talking about uh, Destiny? Destiny. Two? No two. way. Okay. Destiny mm-hmm. 2. It right. blows my mind, too. I felt the same way. I felt like it was the most boring story I've ever heard, personally. And the setting was just like, I couldn't think of a more lame sci-fi setting, to be honest. Like, I, I really, the setting was just so, like, ugh, to me. It was just so <laughs> uninteresting. But, um, yeah, no, I'm not trying to be like yeah. a total hater, like because I I think the game is really fun to play. It just feels really good. Yeah, the enemies are really stupid, but it's really fun just to shoot stuff. The guns just feel amazing in that game. Oh it's yeah, just fun no, to watch stuff just no, like blow up into purple dust or whatever when you kill them all. Uh, I, th- I I think like the best way to play Destiny Two, at least in my opinion, is just to do strikes, just do like little twenty mm-hmm. minute um, um, missions where you're going in, you're shooting dudes. You're collecting loot. You fight a boss at the end. You do it with two other guardians. It takes about 20 minutes, sometimes less. And then you go back to your base. You customize your equipment. You customize your character. And then you do another strike. And then you just repeat. Like, I feel like that's the best way to play the game. I mean, I mean there are other people that like to do, like, the campaigns. I only did one of the campaigns. I wasn't impressed, to be honest. Um, but, uh, yeah, the story just seems like it's not the reason to play it like I, i'm kind of baffled mm-hmm. by like it seems like there was like a an interest group at like bungie or a committee and they and they literally were like oh we need to write like a lore so people will be invested in the player experience like that's how the story feels like it was written like <laughs> i think you're right yeah <laughs> honestly yeah i think you are right <laughs> yeah it's i think it's definitely what it is it's very mm. written by committee like we need to have like a clear enemy let's call it the darkness and like they have like special powers that you can put on your character. Uh, you know, I want to say that Jason Schreier's first book actually covers the making of this game and literally explains why the story was put in the game. 
and I think it was exactly that. It was either that there was too much story and they stripped it out, or there was no story, so they rushed to add some stuff in there for the original uh, Destiny original game. game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is covered in that book. Uh, hmm. It's weird to me because it didn't. I, it, when, other than how it played, it didn't feel like a bungee game to me. Mm. Like the tone didn't feel like a bungee game. It didn't look quite like a bungee game. It played like a bungee game, no yeah. question. Like, oh, the gameplay yeah. feels like a refined Halo. Like it feels good, mm. but I just it, it just was weird. I, I, I it felt like they definitely were going for a different direction. Because it's almost like a fantasy kind of thing. It's like almost like a high fantasy game, even though it's sci-fi. You know what I mean? Yeah. Avengers to me. Yeah. Avengers, uh, probably. I will say, like, even though the story is garbage, like, the and ver- like it kind of gives the game, the game developers free reign to just do, like, the most batshit weird sci-fi graphics that I've ever seen. Like, like there's literally just, like, ships that are just floating prisms. And it just looks so mm-hmm. weird, and it's so obviously not motivated by any storytelling stuff. It just seems like the game designers like, what kind of weird shit can we just throw in this dumb universe we've created? Um, which is cool, but yeah, overall, I mean, I played it for twenty hours, which is you know a substantial amount of time, and uh, I really enjoyed just the gameplay experience. I just think shooting feels great, looting feels great, the graphics look great on my Series S. Uh, I love yeah. custom. Does it run at 120 FPS? Oh, uh, I'm sorry. What did you say? 60. Does it run at 120 FPS on the Series S? No, it does not. No, no, it runs at a really steady 60 though, and it looks great. Um, cool. Yeah, and I love customizing my character. I even love the emotes. I like doing stupid emotes, like when I beat each mission. It, it's just like a fun multiplayer gameplay experience. But once you kind of look at it beyond that, it's like you know the full package of the storytelling of. Uh, of the lore, um, of pacing, then it kind of falls flat. But overall, mm. I like it. I'm, I'm definitely going to play free, more. Though. Right? Oh, uh, what did you yeah, say? At least it's free. Oh, yeah, it's, it's free. free. It's like oh, yeah. entry fee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, if you have Game Pass and you have an Xbox specifically, Destiny 2 is just kind of a no-brainer. It's like... Yeah. You can play it for free on anything. I game Pass gives you the expansions, but you right. can always play the base That's game That's true. The free. base game is free. Yeah. Right. Um, but... Huh. But you need, you need the expansion now. Do you think. think you'll do any raiding? Like, do, do you know about the raids? Uh, I tried doing a raid, but like, uh, I need to find more people because my my friend groups just don't play Destiny Two. Like nobody. Yeah. Mm. It seems like it's it's uh, it's 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 very much like a niche. Um, it's a niche jo- uh, game that like a lot of people don't really play, but uh, the people who do play it are really into it. So mm-hmm. I've been trying to get certain people to play it because it might be fun to do a raid and something like that. But um, for now, I just kind of like going in and doing some of the strikes. I think the strikes are definitely where it's at. I feel like the, the, that kind of vision of doing these 20-minute missions that are PvE um, and you collect loot and customize, I think just that is just so well done. Like, just really fun. But the PvP I can kind of do without. Um, the the campaigns are kind of just fine. But I love the strikes. All right. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Destiny 2. Uh, let's... Okay, so after the last podcast... Well, I guess the story starts shortly before. I noticed that Titanfall 2, while being on Game Pass, was on sale through Games with Gold for $2.50. So I purchased it and downloaded it and didn't think about it again. Immediately after recording our previous podcast, Oren said, I'm going to go play some Titanfall 2. 
to which I thought that's a good idea. And I sat down and started playing Titanfall two and played the entire campaign from beginning to end in like two days, like, you know, two sittings or so. Um, and I realized every time I would install Titanfall two, which was one of my games of the year of 2016. And I played, you know, probably a hundred hours of it. I never actually completed the campaign. I'd play the campaign about like three quarters, 80% of the game, get close to the end, and then I would just go into multiplayer and just play multiplayer, multiplayer, because the multiplayer is fucking amazing. Um, But now I've played enough multiplayer, so I was able to play through, and I have to say, the game plays really nicely with a controller. It was really good to play on my Xbox. The auto HDR just made it sing. It looked so, it looked like, oddly like, better than I remember it looking for some reason. I I don't know. It looked really good. It was really like uh, fun to play. And the thing that I was like left with is like this is the best Call of Duty campaign. Oh yeah, ultimately. Yeah, no, right? absolutely. Yeah, I, I've for sure it is. I, I've always I felt that about Titanfall too. That it's the best Call of Duty campaign, hands down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can't figure out. So like, I recently downloaded uh, Modern Warfare two and tried to play the campaign of that. Like maybe now I'll enjoy it. And I like the first level was just like grating against me. Like I couldn't make it very far in that game. I found it unbearable to play. And I'm not sure what the difference is that like, what is it that, that Titanfall two is doing? Like, I guess Titanfall two is less reliant on uh, set pieces. No, I. Th- but it has I, so many set pieces. <laughs> no, no, I think the reason why Titanfall Two has the best campaign is that it's constantly introducing gameplay mechanics at you, like constantly, but they never overstay their welcome. It's like they'll just give you a forty-five minute pop mm-hmm. of a gameplay mechanic, and then they move on to the next thing, and it's just so, so I well. I thought about that. I love it. Like. I'm not sure if I actually liked that. I think that may be one thing that I didn't like about it. Like, oh. I, and I liked it the first time I played through the game. So I think like the first, maybe it's like they, they wore out their welcome because it was the third time I had done the uh, cause and effect level <laughs> or whatever. Sure. Like, but, but like I was like, the thing that I felt was so good about that game is the on-foot combat. Like, oh my God, give me a 10-hour version of that. Like, like, of just, like I'd be fine with that. I don't even need the fucking, you know, BT's cool, but like I don't need to be you know, mecking it up or anything like just the on foot combat was so satisfying. Sure. And I'm like, why isn't call of duty set? Like why does call call of duty feels really hollow to me? Yeah. In a way that Titanfall didn't call of duty is designed for a very specific way. I don't, it's hard to say like what it is, but it doesn't feel like as I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's as zippy or snappy and the guns don't feel as powerful or fun to use. They just feel kind of like, Bleh. I find that I know it sounds funny, but like the sounds of the guns are such an important part of how a oh, game yeah. feels That's, yeah in uh, halo 2 the smg has like the worst sound ever <laughs> just, like popcorn popping yeah and in the remaster of halo 2 it sounds very powerful and it's like i always want to use the smg now which is the same gun they didn't change anything but like mm-hmm. the sound of it i, I just titanfall has that the guns have that powerful sound and call of duty for call of duty has like realistic weapon sounds which don't sound mm. you think call of duty doesn't have good weapon sounds no they're, they're they sound good but they don't sound powerful so mm. it doesn't feel like you're as badass. So, like so, you're- Do you think that's, I mean... So I'm actually going to go to bat for Call of Duty. The The Modern Warfare wa- remake that just came mm-hmm. out was great. Right. Like that, okay. that's the exception. But I, otherwise, I agree with you. Like I played through the Cold War campaign and uh, I don't know what it is about Treyarch Call of Duties, but like I feel like all of the guns sound like BB guns in their games. <laughs> Yeah, they do. <laughs> and I know those are like the popular Call of Duty. Like everyone loves the Treyarch Call of Duties, but I always felt the, the Black uh, Ops. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah but like, I always thought the Infinity Ward Call of Duties like had more punch. Like the guns just feel hmm. better. Like especially in Modern Warfare, but in Treyarch, I just don't think they. I mean, I get it. People love them because it's Black Ops and it's zombies, but I prefer the. Yeah. How many moments of of Call of Duty though? Do you have points where you're like, they're like, come at your soldier. You like follow some guy and he'll like talk to you for a long time, and then and they'll be like, all right, get on this car and like shoot all the guys with the There's truck. There's a lot of <laughs> stuff in the car, but and like they have so much. Like Titanfall does do that. The, Not that I can remember. The beginning yeah. has some slow points, but once you get in the game, you go, you just drive. I think part of it is that like Titanfall puts you in these like combat arenas where you're allowed to like zip around. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Call of Duty puts you in a combat arena where you have to find a piece of cover and shoot these different guys right. like a shooting gallery. Yeah. Because um, I don't know. I found it like I really felt like if you wanted to torture me, lock me in a room and force me to beat Modern Warfare 2, and that would be, you know, the third ring of hell for me. Like that would be extremely unpleasant, whereas I would play through Titanfall 2 again tonight. Like that was great. Yeah, I mean... uh it's, it's kind of interesting because, like, Cold War, um, for the most part, felt like I was being kind of, like, pushed along on this amusement park ride in a way where I felt like I had no control. And it was very... Yeah. Uh, That's how they all feel. Yeah, except for Modern Warfare. I'm going to... Okay. Because hmm. Modern... Modern Warfare actually... No, no, no. New Modern Warfare. Oh, The, the okay. 2019 one. That one actually has some great levels. Like, there's this one level in... Modern Warfare, where uh, it's like a mini like uh, outpost level, and you have like four different objectives you need to complete, and you can complete them in any way you want, and you feel like you're that's awesome. You feel like you're stealthing your way through this compound, like that was that was okay, cool. That sounds awesome. So it's the player agency is really what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, no, yeah, and then I play Cold War, and like Cold War will sometimes put like side objectives as like a way to be like oh look it's like an open-ended level design but it's like it's like yeah it's it's not not really (laughs) it's like they they kind of put this one little side objective that you'll happen upon on the along the way anyway and it's just doesn't really feel open-ended yeah yeah that's what i was saying when i was talking about like getting in the back of the truck or having like follow the guy like it's like you don't get to choose what you're doing you're just stuck doing the thing which is boring yeah, I mean, at the same time, Titanfall 2 is still pretty ruthlessly linear, but there is, there's a little more wiggle room, which I think is, is just maybe that's the secret sauce is like there's this tight rope walk you got to do between like ruthlessly linear and like l- just linear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, sure. I don't know, I, I, but I love the game. Uh, I think the boss battles kind of suck in that game. Like there's some like weird difficulty spikes and the, some of the boss battles do that thing where they like save progressively the more times you die to the boss so that it kind of just pushes you to the end of the boss if you're having a hard time and it's playing like a hard difficulty it's like one boss battle in particular it's like way harder every other one i like beat right away Mm. but pretty awesome game um still holds up well and it's on game pass and looks spec it looks spectacular on xbox plays great with controller i I really had a great time with that Uh, i I just gotta say i just i just really appreciate that game pass has titanfall 2 Destiny 2 and all the expansions, Master Chief Collection, Gears 5, Battlefield Mm -hmm. 5. It's like the way to go. Doom Eternal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Doom Eternal. Well, well, like, like just speaking in terms of multiplayer, like, if you are a Mm. multiplayer shooter guy, Xbox Series S, Game Pass, that's all you need. That's all you need. Yeah. I I also jumped into some multiplayer, and it was uh, active, which, which is great, because immediately after the game came out, the multiplayer scene, at least on PC, died, died a like a 
quick and miserable death. Uh, it has had spurts, and I think it's actually somewhat active now, which is crazy that a game five years old can come back to life, right? Like it's a fucking zombie game. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, he hath risen, and his name is Titanfall 2. So I guess that's all we got to say about that today. Yeah, I actually uh, I actually read online that uh, Titanfall 2 in the past year especially has had a huge spike. I think GameSpot did an, ar- an article on it. So it's it's back, baby. Yeah, well, it's because they brought it to Steam, which it was originally not on. So when they brought it to Steam, like a whole new audience of people purchased it, and then it's been on Game Pass, and, and they did a free day, and people are just coming back to it. I think part of it's also, uh, what's this, the multiplayer shooter that's basically Titanfall oh, 3? Apex Legends. Apex Legends. Apex is bringing people to it. Right, right. Uh, okay, so this is a totally, this is a quick story. I took an edible. I bought Red Dead Redemption 2, or 3, <laughs> sorry, no, 1, the original game. Red Dead Redemption. I downloaded it to my Xbox to play it. And I was flabbergasted at how old that game looks. <laughs> like, like uh, it was like a punch to the guts. I remember that game looking incredible, and it's like there is no better uh, example of how much games have changed visually. And it's mostly like it happened between like 2010 and 2016, because they haven't changed that much since then. It's but true. like, if you look at Red Dead Two and Red Dead Redemption, they look drastically different in terms of their graphics. Oh, I have a theory about this, and I think I talked about this on uh, on another podcast. I think uh, I think The Last of Us, the first one, was the turning point because that was the first game to really prioritize facial animations. Mm. So, so I feel like when you go pre Last of Us, like faces just look off, like in any game. <laughs> that that's what I think. Yeah. Could be. Download Gears Three and watch the introductory cutscene. Marcus Phoenix looks like a claymation doll. Just his right, face. The rest of it's right. like, all right. But his face is like, what? Is that supposed to be a human? Um, <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah, you might be right about that. Uh, maybe Matt, that's The Last of Us is like the dividing line between like like where graphical fidelity like started. To How get did really Uncharted good. 1 look? Bad. I don't remember. Not bad. But bad. Not, oh, the, fir- bad? the first Uncharted? Bad. The first Uncharted, yeah. Bad. Transfortune. Okay. Like, like, it li- like when you shoot guys and like you see the blood come out, it looks like ketchup. Like this weird, <laughs> like uh, gaudy ketchup flying out of them. Just looks bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. We're going to talk about E3. We're going to do an E3 pre-show predictions, blah, 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 blah. There has been some leaks like the Nintendo Switch Pro. It's coming. It's happening, even though there's a chip shortage. Uh, We suspect that Microsoft is going to buy another studio. It's almost guaranteed. And Oren... I don't buy it. Oren just confided in us. He confided. He didn't want anybody to know this. But his most anticipated game of E3 is Far Cry 6. It's a good choice. Actually, I think it is a good choice. Uh, you know what? The Far Cry games are a, a guilty pleasure. Mm. Like, it's just, just like causing chaos. No guilt. Yeah. No guilt associated, man. I love them. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, of all the games that um, we, I know about for sure, Far Cry 6, I know I'm going to go in. It's going to be a good time. It might, the politics might be all over the place. It might be stupid. It'll definitely it will be stupid. It'll be stupid. It's going to be stupid. I will say, um, we might as well talk about it. Did you guys you guys watch the gameplay trailer? Yes. I did not, but you guys tell me I that. I did watch it. Okay, so check this out. There is a gun in this game mm-hmm. where you put little, uh, you know, LPs, like little... Uh, Records? Uh, 
little records into CDs. like a gun. Okay. And they're CDs. It pu- and, oh, they're CDs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's little CDs and it plays the Macarena. So you, and you shoot them like saw blades. So it's like, like you'll hear the Macarena and then when it goes to hey Macarena, you can shoot it and kill somebody. It's, it's, it's uh, trash. I love okay. It. That's yeah. That's like the cerebral <laughs> bore. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the trailer showed an urban environment, which we've never seen before in a far cry. Really? Like a, that's true. Like huh? A city kind of scape. Yeah. And it also showed more stealth ideas and it's like you can like you can break in without killing people. You can like sneak in. Like you can like disguise yourself as like Hitman or something. That's what it was implying at least. I don't know if that's how how in depth that will be. Hmm. But they seem to be saying like, "Oh, you know, the gorilla can do this, the gorilla can do that. They can do a bunch of different things." You don't have to necessarily just go and blast everyone. So, that's a new thing in Far Cry. I like the idea of more options. But Far Cry already is a very open-ended game, but more options are always fun. It's like open-ended to like an extent, but you pretty much just have to shoot people all the time or stab them with the Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like Far Cry is all about just taking over outposts. Like, like that's the big thing yeah. and I and just ca- causing chaos and those are two things that I think like I think honestly it looks like they're just making a Just Cause game. But Far Cry is six. It's like a high end just cause game where you're just going around fighting a dictator dictatorship mm. and blowing shit up in the most ridiculous <laughs> ways. True. There's literally like they literally have like a Boba Fett style backpack that shoots out rockets yeah. like <laughs> artillery and it just looks terrible looks, but also um, hilarious. The tone of that trailer <laughs> was much more silly than they've been before, which I'm all for because Far Cry three is like kinda serious, not serious. I didn't like it that much. Mm. I, I'm much more in the direction that this game's going, which is like more wacky. A little serious. But yeah, like, like just cause. Yeah, like just cause, exactly. Like, yeah. It actually yeah. is like just cause. Even the fact that you're like taking down dictators, I guess you're right. It's definitely just cause. Yeah. Uh, it seems like it's going to walk this line between being serious and like just dumb. Yes. And I, I definitely appreciate that. So that's why Far Cry 6 uh, is my most anticipated E3 game um, that I know about. Uh, yeah, of course. That could change. Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be some reveals, right? Of course. It's like Microsoft purchased a billion studios in 2018 and they announced it. It was like in exile obsidian, they, they formed a new studio, which is called uh, The Initiative. They have, uh, yep. it's just, they have a lot of studios working on stuff. And like, what do you guys think the chances are that they're going to buy something else? They're going to announce a new purchase, a new uh, Bethesda-sized purchase, maybe even. I personally hope they don't. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't like corporate consolidation. Even though I like the Xbox, I like what Microsoft's doing, all of that stuff. I love Game Pass. Phil I just, Spencer's not going to work there forever. He's not going to be there forever. Um, yeah, exactly. It's going to be a day where, you know, corporate consolidation is not really a benefit to the consumer. So, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming that we're probably all in the same boat with it's going to be a Japanese developer because they probably want to hit that market. That is the rumor. So, let's talk about some of the options. Uh, I think. There's one option that if they did purchase, I'd be just fine with, and that's Konami. Konami, yeah. Because Konami is doing jack shit with yeah. their uh, current lineup uh, of I think IP. that's, I think that's the word on the street, honestly. Mm. Like, because there's too many other studios are, like, too big, I think, to purchase. Like, I can't imagine them purchasing, like, Sega. Or Square. Or who knows? Or Square. But Konami seems like... Like such like an obvious buy where like they buy it and then then they just make a Metal Gear game or a Silent Hill game. Mm-hmm. Um, Castlevania. Castlevania. Oh yeah, because the Netflix series is so popular right now. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, Netflix that show is awesome. By the way, uh, 
One thing I'm worried about, though, is that Microsoft, and I think we talked about this before and we talked about the rumor of them buying Konami, they have a history of buying companies with IPs and then just doing nothing with it. We'll see how this Perfect Dark game turns out, but yeah. like, like, they, like they have mixed to bad success with this sort of thing. Um, so buying Konami is not buying any development studio so much as it's buying IP, which is which is probably better in Microsoft's hands than Konami's because Konami really sucks. But uh, yeah. we'll see. Another heavily rumored option is Sega. And this is like, I've seen a lot of people that really believe this. I don't know how much I should rely on them or not. But like Sega has many development studios. Very high quality ones. The guys who made Yakuza. They also own a huge number of properties. I mean, right. so oh many. Oh my God, yeah. I, I would be sad just because, but Sega hasn't been doing well financially. They like They like had to, can a bunch of high-level executives, and I think the CEO had to re- maybe I'm making up something else, but I know they had to get a bunch of people, and I think um, they're not doing well, basically. So it's I I hope that uh, it would make sense. It would make sense. I yeah, hope that things pan out well for Sega either way. So like that would yeah, I, I can see it. I can I mean like I can I don't know. It's weird because to me my brain is like no way, but they did have uh, Yakuza like a dragon yeah. as like a big first like uh, launch title so maybe that's a hint to bigger things but who knows oh they also have yeah all the yakuza games on game, game pass, pass. Right. could be in that could be another hint that something bigger is in play i would be okay with that one i guess of sega if i think of almost any company konami or sega because our list here has sega konami square and capcom i don't want capcom to get purchased by microsoft no. i think that would not be good be no not capcom good. better no. stay free yeah. <laughs> so it would be interesting. They're so consistent and they're so perfect as they are. Capcom? Leave them be. Leave yeah. them. Capcom. Capcom's got enough reason to like, like not be under the banner of Microsoft. Um, like imagine though, like Sonic games all become like game pass exclusives. Yeah. Or just game pass. <laughs> like Xbox. Like exclusive. the, like uh, the one thing that would be incredible would be if they could go and really do the work to port the, the gems of the Sega collection to Xbox or Game Pass, um, that would be spectacular. Imagine playing, you know. They are redoing the first three Sonic games. Did you write that? Sonic Origins? No. That, that was an announcement. Um, they're going to re-release the first three Sonic games in widescreen. Oh. They're going to be 16 by 9. which That's is cool. They're going to be 4 by 3. They're, there's probably going to be more gameplay. They, they hinted that there's going to be more gameplay stuff in them, too. So they're remaking or remastering the first three Sonic games, which is a pretty big... Those, are, those would be the gems of at least Sonic Right. It's worth noting that Sega owns cool. more than just the Sega Studios. They also own like Creative Assembly. Uh, so maybe maybe Microsoft could resurrect Alien Isolation. I'd be happy about that. They also um, have the big RTS games, all the Total War games. All the Total War games. I don't know. See, that doesn't make a lot of sense for them because Microsoft shutters RTS Studios <laughs> historically, and yeah. um, there's H-Pen not a lot of guys. room for RTS games on Xbox anyway. They tried with Halo Wars. Yeah, that's true. I, I, so I, I would hope that I would be kind of. I don't play the Total War games anymore, but like it would be lame to see if Microsoft killed that studio because they bought Sega. Um, so the Square Enix, there's no rumor that they're going to buy the Japanese like Square Enix. It's that they would basically buy what used to be IDOS, the European division. Mm. Um, there's pretty heavy rumors about that, and they own things like Deus uh, Ex and Tomb Raider. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's might a, be cool. It could be interesting if all the yeah. Tomb Raider games were on Game Pass, the new ones. They are? No, if they were, that'd oh. be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I hope they go for a Japanese studio because I feel like that's 
kind of where the Xbox can improve the most. That's the market they've never been able the, to hit, right? Yeah, exactly. Like like Xbox and Microsoft has just been traditionally a very like Western uh, console, so it'd be cool if they were able to tap into that market more. So it seems like the mo the the, the smartest thing to do would be to get a Japanese studio. I feel like Eidos wouldn't really contribute that much to their portfolio mm. personally, especially since Machine Games is doing an Indiana Jones game. Yeah. Like why have Tomb Raider and Indiana Jones? True. You know? uh, another studio that's been hinted at that's not on our list is Team Ninja, which could be... That would make... I mean, they have okay, a history that, with that Microsoft. Would be, that would be a strong That would be cool. That, that would make sense. I mean, that would, that's like, you know, Dead or Alive... They've, you know, Ninja, Ninja Gaiden. Gaiden. Yeah, right. that's yeah. like yeah. Break, a, break, give us Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, they've got a long history with them. I'm surprised there hasn't Honestly, been a new Ninja like, Gaiden. Game. I could totally see Team Ninja. That would be sick. Yeah, I would be for that. I I, cool. I don't know. Like I have a Xbox, so I have some kind of like inability to discern my inner fanboy from just my discerning market analyst. Uh, perspective i'm like oh yeah let's buy that i'm like wait why do i care that buy that like i'm gonna get the game either way right why do i, I i'm feeling like i want to take something away from sony because they're just so fucking annoying but um but i don't really want to punish the sony fans at all yeah i don't either no. i just it's just sony's been annoying with their what they've been acting it's just frustrating right yeah. well the smart thing if i were phil spencer and i was making a decision i'd go for konami i feel like konami is just kind of like sitting there they're not doing anything and just making a new Silent Hill game, Horrors in. Mm. I mean, Resident Evil Village sold to the moon. Mm. It's like it, it would just really be the well. logical thing to do, like to get Konami. Yeah. It, it would just be an easy purchase to make, I think. I'd say get so. Konami and Square uh, Europe. <laughs> like, because then you're getting developers and IP and some IP. Uh, but who knows? Sure. Man. It's, it's, I they're definitely going to come to the table I think with something like that's my prediction. If I had to guess I think it's Sega. I think they're they're going to buy Sega. Because Yeah, I I guess though my my one thing about Sega is I feel like it's too big. Sega? But, but they did Bethesda. They did Bethesda. Bethesda's yeah. probably bigger. So. Bethesda I think was a bigger company. Uh I'm not I, sure though. It's hard to say. I mean they're uh, maybe equal footing like but like Sega would be Here's the thing. So Microsoft has had an extremely profitable quarter both their gaming division and their just Microsoft division. Like, like that the series X has been a hit for them. They've been making tons of money off game pass. So they have deep pockets to kind of blow on these kind of big expensive purchases. So Sega would is not off the table. And if they buy Sega, like that's, it's kind of one of those things that like, it's this, it's just like Bethesda. It's like, what does this even mean? Which by the way, we're getting more speculation or not even speculation, more or less confirmation that upcoming Bethesda releases will be, be exclusive to Game Pass. It's gonna happen Game Pass sure. platforms. Oh, oh totally no! I think Starfield is definitely going to be exclusive. Yeah. There's no, if fans are butts, there's no way that's coming to PlayStation. I'd be shocked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what about Elder yeah. Scrolls? That's going to be a huge blow. Yeah, when that comes out, twenty fifty-five. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just such a big well, franchise, well, though. Well, well, Starfield is pretty much confirmed for E3. It's on the logo for the conference. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. that's going to that's gonna be like the golden egg of Game Pass. Uh, maybe they won't go that far to release it on Game Pass Day 1, but they might. No, I think it is Game Pass Day 1. Do you guys think that um, Doom or Id will be doing anything? I mean, obviously Doom Eternal no. released, but you think of nothing? No. They just like released Quake DLC. Or anything? Uh, hmm. 
I, we're, we're more yeah. likely to see uh, the Indiana Jones machine yes, game. I, as game. I hope Wolfenstein 3 as well. Apparently, they're also working on that. So yeah. that's been confirmed years ago by... I can't remember his name. What if they're like, oh, the Pete Hines. we're making uh, a new... Here's the trailer for the new Wolfenstein game. And... Wolfenstein, the New Colossus, Doom 2016, and uh, whatever the other missing game was. The, the Evil Within 2 are all on Game Pass. 4K, 120 FPS. I hope Go. so. I hope so. Um, no, th- th- that, that, that could happen. I mean, I'm sure like they're going to do some like Game Pass announcements on yeah. June 13th. Um, I don't know. The, the way I envision this conference going, I think it's just going to be like Halo is going to front-end it and be like a big thing. And then there's going to be a big Starfield demonstration where Todd Howard goes up on stage, does his little ego trip, whatever. Um, and I feel like that's going to be like the bulk of the conference. I feel like there's going to be some reveals and stuff, but I don't think there's going to be much beyond that. That's my prediction. I think the focuses are going to be Halo and Starfield. Hmm. They even advertised it on the little logo. You got Halo up here. You got Starfield down here. And there might be a couple of reveals, but I think that's... That's my prediction. I think those are going to be the focuses. What, what about Perfect Dark? Yeah, what about Avowed? What about Perfect Dark? I think Avowed might get something. I think Perfect Dark is... I think they revealed that game too soon. Mm. I, I, don't, too I think that game is like really like early in the pipeline. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Interesting. Uh, is, wasn't, remember that Hellblade trailer that looked really incredible? Okay. That was their first I thing hope they showed. Yeah. That I really hope they show that game because that game has been cooking for a while. I think that's I think we're gonna get some Hellblade too. They'll probably get a release that's date for I that hoped. too, I'd imagine. And Halo Infinite, sure. right? Is that this year? Halo Infinite's this year. For sure? That's what they said. That was that's what they've said. My understanding year. from following Jason Schreier's Twitter account is that that game has had a fraught development, so it could be a real cyberpunk twenty seventy seven mm. kind of thing. Mm. However, what they're doing is better than what CD Projekt Red did. Like CD Projekt Red literally just like the developers were literally screaming at like the producer saying it's not ready. It's not ready. Don't release it. And they released it anyway. But uh, but Halo Infinite, it seems like they're actually like, oh, shit, we got to make this good. (laughs) They delayed it a whole year. I mean, they didn't have a killer app when they launched their series. That's why I was thinking this 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 would have to be a big E3 for them because this is kind of going to be like their big showcase for this generation. I would think that they'd have all these games lined up. These, you know, because a lot we haven't heard about from them. So I would think that this would be their big moment to shine for what they have to offer for this year. And, you know, next year basically coming up. Well, uh, I'm going to pull up this, uh, um, just some of the games that could be shown. Yeah, I think we might get some Avowed. We're def- definitely getting Starfield. I don't think we're getting Fable. I think mm. Fable was another game that was announced too early. Who's making um, Fable? Because Rare. The Forza, the Forza people. Turn 10? Yeah, can you believe that? The, the Forza, Forza Horizon people. Making that game's going to be a disaster. Fable? Uh, like, predict it now. Like, Does that Peter Molyneux? <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, I th- I think I think uh, honestly the only games that I really feel like for sure are going to be there are like Halo, Starfield, Hellblade 2. Mm. Like uh I other than that, I'm not cuz like here's the thing, whenever I go into these E3s, I'm like, oh, they're going to show like a billion games, but at the end of the day it's a 90-minute conference. Mhm. Like so I don't really think they're going to show that much outside of 
like what they're advertising well, Starfield and Halo. It's actually here's the thing that it might be longer. We don't know unless you know for sure it's going to be an any minute conference. This is Bethesda and Microsoft are having a combined showcase, and usually they have separate right. showcases. Yeah. So that's true. It could Bethesda's it could be more like three hours. Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop, which are both coming out this year and not coming out on Xbox. They're they're a, a do you year. think Phil Spencer is going to allow that though? Like, does he really want he, he to be advertising those games? Yeah, he promised he I'll would. I'll be playing them on PC, no problem. But yeah, <laughs> sure. It's pretty funny, nonetheless. It's, it's funny and it sucks, but it's I'm like annoyed because I was like excited for Orin to play this game so we could talk about a Death Loop in particular, and I'm like, Ugh. it's cool though. I'm that probably he, gonna, I'm probably going to buy a PS5. It's cool well, that he's going to fulfill that still yeah like that's cool of him to do he's also contractually obligated oh, okay so. well they, i mean they have a lot of money to get throw at that kind of thing to, yeah. to, to change that sure um it's it's fucking annoying that he has to but yeah it's 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 weird uh yeah but like sony uh sony so, yeah i mean with so uh, like we i think with sony it's just going to be like 2019 where uh just, they just, just the one they game. just, yeah, they're gonna do one game. They don't announce it, they don't hype it, and they drop it right before the Microsoft conference to steal their thunder, just like they did with Death Stranding. Death Stranding, they were like, "Oh, by the way, uh, we have a ten-minute showcase we're gonna do tomorrow," and they did it like right before the Microsoft conference, and it totally took just like all the thunder away from them. So hmm. took the wind out of their sails. I think it's gonna be the same thing. They're gonna be like. It's June 11th. We're all looking forward to Microsoft. And then uh, Sony just says on Twitter, by the way, we have a God of War Ragnarok gameplay showcase tomorrow. It's gonna, I'm, I'm willing to bet on it that that's what they're going to do. I'm not going to bet on it, but... I want to anyway. see Elden Ring. That's what I want. That's what I want. That's the thing I'm like... Yeah. I don't think they're going to show it. You, you, you're I don't think show they're going to show it? Dude, if they don't show don't it, people so. are going to like riot in the streets. I hope they don't. I want them to wait. I feel like... They had to show came something. out too quickly after Dark Souls three. Like I've had too many Souls games. Um, uh, somebody, a, a, a famous person I follow on Twitter, said they might be sold out. But <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I'm I'm a little yeah I'm a little burnt out on Souls games. Oh, I, yeah. I'm just, I just am. I tried playing Remnant from the Ashes <laughs> again, and I just couldn't do it. Oh, but that's and a Souls like. Like that's the not the same. Thing. I know, but I want the. But, but it, it's like the same thing. It's like it's like a really hard game that has like the same kind of mechanics. That's like Resident Souls out. Evil Four. <laughs> it, it is, but like it's, without the it's, charm it's, of either game, of either mm, franchise. I'm not. I'm not like. Burnt I, I like, out I like games, Remnant. But, I pl- I played yeah. through Remnant. It's a good game. Yeah, I really like it actually, but uh, I just didn't feel like playing it again. You didn't feel like playing it a second time, but like I, I'll go play Dark Souls one again. But like I, I want a new FromSoft game. I just want them like there's something about Bethesda taking literally 50 years to make a new fucking Elder Scrolls game that's making me appreciate it a little more. If that's they put those much. games out every two years, it would be like okay, enough yeah. arrows to the knee already. Yeah, I think they've waited too long for Elder Scrolls. Personally, that's I mean, thought. people that that love that game are actually going to be dead by the time the next one comes out. Yeah. George R. R. Martin. Will the only franchise, the only franchises that can get away with like yearly releases are Hitman and Resident Evil. I will always play those games, but if it's like a, a FromSoft game, like every four years or every three, oh, years, I play it every year. It's a better cadence for me. I, be, I mean, 
I also want them to take their time. Yeah, I me feel too. like that's how I feel too. I feel like every but it's, it's been a long time. That's my point. Well, it's been three years. Like I think three years, it, and there's been nothing. Yeah. Wait, but Sekiro, Sekiro was like two years ago or eighteen. Yeah, no, Sekiro was 2019, two years. Was it 2018? No, it was 19. Uh, I think it was 2000. It came out like exactly 22 years ago. And yeah. Let's let's see what the old internet says. I mean, my only complaint... March 2019, I remember this. Yeah, that that makes sense. Like they Cuz I played it the same month as DMC5 and that was also March 2019. Yeah, so. I, like I sincerely feel that FromSoft games have suffered a little bit from them pumping games out instead of taking the sort right. of time that they took to make something like Dark Souls yeah. 1. Like I I'd rather them make fewer better that. games than more still great but not quite as great games. Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah. But the thing that's funny on that on that note is in my opinion the games that they released in that period of time were still better than like almost everything else even though they were rushed. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, well, well, the secret with From Soft Games is the first entry is always the best. Dark Souls 1, Bloodborne, Sekiro. Like, yeah, they not don't, 2, they don't, not 3. They don't do sequels. The director, Miyazaki, doesn't even like sequels. Like yeah. he, he didn't want to make a sequel for 2 or 3. They asked him in multiple interviews, and he was like, this is going to be the last game that's going to be made before I was president of this company. <laughs> he's like this game 3? was started in development before i was president as right. in he didn't want to make this game yeah but he made it be- you know he still made it amazing so but there will be a dark souls 4 someday not not made by him he said sure yeah that that i believe yeah. um hmm. well i i don't know we'll probably will see some elden ring uh and maybe george R. R. martin will put out a book you know and then and- technically he worked on elden ring like, somewhat <laughs> so he did <Yeah>. something <sighs> Uh, uh, guys, I'm going to make the ultimate E3 prediction right now, and I'm just going to say, I think this E3 isn't going to give us a lot of new reveals. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be all of the stuff that we already knew about that was delayed because of COVID, and there might be a couple of reveals that are cool, but they will be like too early, like reveals that are like, why are you announcing this? I think a lot of the stuff that we're going to see is just stuff that we've been waiting for, like... Hellblade 2 and how that disappeared off the planet or like Starfield, you know, I don't think we're going to get more beyond that. That's mm. my cynical take. It's a pretty pragmatic take. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I also think that there's no way in hell Starfield ships this year. I don't think Halo's going to ship this year, even though it's supposed to. Um, I would be stunned if it didn't personally. Halo, if Halo didn't ship this year, I'd be like, my God. <laughs> no Microsoft think this console, no Microsoft series game. Yeah, Reddit will well, really here, be Well, here, let me, let me put it this way, guys. Let me put it this way. Far Cry 6 was supposed to come out in March, and it mm. got delayed till October. Yeah. So what that says to me is all of the games that we thought were going to come out in March, like, you know, Deathloop and, like, all that shit, that's what we're going to see in the fall. Everything else is going to be, like, next year and beyond. Yeah, you might be right. We'll see. My my thought is I hope be, I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope I hope Hellblade Two comes out in September. I think I really there's got to be something, some new stuff from from their studios. In my opinion, they have to have. I think they have to have something there that's going to be a big reveal. If they could do yeah, a big reveal, I think reveal, they have to have, have some like, big reveal. Just, and it's up right now. Maybe like that would be the fucking shit. I just my thought is Microsoft has to have something. They have to have something. It's going to be uh, Ori and the Blind Forest DLC. Ori and the Blind Forest. <laughs> well, well, 
Well, here's a couple of other things. Everwild, the new rare game, we still don't know anything about right. that. I'm sure I'm sure they're going to show gameplay of that or like a gameplay trailer. Um, I think it's probably going to suck, but that's just <laughs> <laughs> I just think it looks bad, but whatever. Mm. It's not my aesthetic. Yeah. Um but uh I don't know. I'm still holding out for the day where we get like a Banjo-Kazooie reveal, but I just realized that might be a lost cause, but who knows? I could be wrong. Maybe. Yeah. We'll could see. Happen. It's kind yeah. of funny because, oh, speaking of kind of funny, I listened to the kind of funny X cast and I know Phil Spencer listens to it. Like Phil Spencer's a huge fan of the kind of funny X cast and Paris Lily and uh, Gary Witta. Guess what game they're always clamming, clamoring for on the X cast. Banjo Tooie. Banjo Kazooie. They're like, give us banjo. So, banjo. so I have hope All that right. Phil Spencer's listening. They put Banjo Kazooie in Smash recently. You guys well. know that's a bad game, right? Like, you've played Banjo. It's not a good game. It's not, but I'm nostalgic. It was <laughs> right. great in 1995 or whatever, whenever it came out. <laughs> I remember sitting at Sears and there was like a test set up with Banjo Kazooie on it. And I was so annoyed that they picked this game. Like, I'm like, this is not showing me anything. It's pretty, but I was like, this game is not fun. Hmm. Um, I'm renting it. From, uh, from uh, video, video game donkey disagrees with you. Video game donkey. It's like his pantheon yeah, game. I, oh God, I love video game donkey, but uh, there's a lot that he and I disagree about. Yeah, um, for sure. He's yeah. funny though. No, he's hilarious. Uh, he's like the best video game YouTuber to watch because it's just fucking funny every time. Uh, any more E3 predictions? But news? Nintendo. Oh, Nintendo. Yeah, okay, Nintendo. We're going to get a Switch Pro announcement, yes? Yeah, it's going to be the new Zelda game. New Zelda which game. Which is going to be probably compatible or better on the new Switch. For sure. The new Breath of the Wild game. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe a Mario game. I don't no, know. There's no, there's no fucking way. No fucking way? They can't do two games in a Switch. Well, it's a new Switch, they, though. They can do two games every 15 years. They did two games in 2017. They're done. No, I think they'll do more than No, no. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Wait. Wait, can we talk? What can we talk about? Sorry to take attention away from Nintendo, but could, but can we talk about the Horizon gameplay demo? Yes, we should talk about that. I, I I watched it and I was very like, I don't know what it is, but it looks it's bad and good I try to time. I try to be yeah I try to be compatible with this franchise and get on board, but I just <laughs> nothing about it excites me. I know it's like beautiful to look at, but I swear just, it looks worse than the first game. It doesn't look worse. <laughs> it doesn't but look worse, it looks but it looks like weird. Extraordinarily uncanny. Like it's hitting it's that too uncanny much. valley yeah. really hard because there's just like it's too much it, detail. It's very sharp, and there's so much detail, and there's so much in the frame that it's like holy shit, guys. Yeah, it uh, it was a lot to take in. I was looking at it, and I was like, this looks weird. Does this look bad? Does this look bad? It doesn't look bad. Does this look bad? That's what I kept thinking. When I was watching it the whole time. It was cool. Like, I'll play it if it comes to Steam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn, hardcore PC gaming franchise. Um. But, like, here's the thing about Horizon as well, is I just know that the gameplay is going to be basically identical to the first game, and I'm going to hate it. I'm it just... looked very similar, too. Yeah. It still had, like, that. the bow in the first game felt kind of, like, lame Like, it didn't feel very powerful or satisfying. It was, like, the game's fun. I like the game, but the bow just didn't feel that, like, didn't have like weight to it, you know what I mean, or impact. 
No. And and I and I hate like one of the pet peeves that I have about video games is when you can see like a little wind trail when you shoot like an arrow. The tracers. And it's like yeah, the little tracer and it looks so bad in Horizon and so obvious and like pronounced yeah. that it just like it I don't like it. And and I and I, I, I don't know. I, I just can't vibe with it. It just doesn't I just can't be wowed by it. Like every time I talk to people about Horizon, they're like, "Whoa, that gameplay showcase!" And I'm just like, "I don't know. Far Cry Six looks kind of good." Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, I would play but Horizon, that's where I'm at. but it does look it just weird. It's weird. I don't know. Yeah, the facial animation was really good. Yeah, uh, Digital Foundry kept pointing out how the lighting on on Aloy doesn't make any sense. She has like this unnatural glow, like it's like this weird invisible light following her head everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like there's like a little spotlight on her <laughs> yeah. that just follows her. They're, like around. they're like she's like in like the a cave and she's like, like glowing off scene, holding yeah. the, the boom lights. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Um, is is a little bizarre, hmm. but. I can't get excited for it, but anyway, um, I, I did want to ask you guys, because I said this at the top. Um, I know it's weird, but Far Cry 6, personally, is the game I'm the most excited for, which is weird, because it's not a game that I would usually get excited for, but it just looks chaotic and fun enough for me to, to, to gel with. So um, I, w- I want to ask both of you guys, based on all what you've talked about, like what like, uh, Aaron, what's your most anticipated game? System Shock Remake. Can't wait for that to be... Uh, that's supposed to come out this year. Should. That might be on... that. I, I Honestly, I could see it. Yeah, that or Stalker 2. Immersive Sims. I, well, Stalker 2 might actually be at the, at the showcase. What if actually. Bethesda announces a sequel to Prey? Could happen. That's not going to happen. Could happen. Could, it, it could, Deathloop... Deathloop already is like Prey 2, kind of. Is it going to be open, open-ish, though? Like immersive, like like uh, Metroidvania? A little bit. If it is, then I, sign I, me up. It, I'm on board. It's more It's more like Hitman. Like, you replay the same level different ways. I'm not as into That's, that. But I, I, I could still be into that game. I think I it's a little know. more like Moon Crash. Uh, I, didn't like, yeah. I didn't like that What about you, Kevin? Uh, I mean... Honestly, I actually am really excited for Halo Infinite just because I liked the, what they showed. It was it was going for Halo One mm. style, which I thought right. was cool. Um, Far Cry also looked great. I mean, the game I would have to go with would be Elden Ring, like I said. That's that's that would be the game I'd want to play the most. But um, wait, I, which game did you say? I, I didn't hear Ring. you for some reason. Elden oh, Ring. Elden Ring. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you could have any game announced, let's say you could have a sequel to anything, what would you pick from any studio? Bloodborne PC. <laughs> that's like not even a sequel. Hey, that's still something. I mean, if you can have an uh, honestly, I really, I really want a classic Rareware platformer like Conquer or Banjo. Like, mm. I probably like wouldn't even care enough to really like enjoy it, honestly. But just to see something like that, just kind of reach out from the '90s and just come back, would be pretty wild. I think. I would love for id to make a successor to Quake One. Yeah. Oh, that I would be that awesome. Would be I don't think it's, I don't think it's ever going to happen. No, but that would no. be fucking awesome. That would be awesome. But because that game is just like a catastrophe. It's too weird and strange too. It's just, it's not. I don't think it's marketable. And they didn't make it. In, it, it like ended up that way. Like, yeah. It's not. They didn't intend for it. But to be, it be came like out. That. Like it's cool. It's a weird. Oh yeah. It's a bizarre it's, thing. It's amazing. And it'd be cool to see that in like a 2016 kind of re- rebooty thing got guys I, I just gotta say that uh quake one secretly just terrifies me way more than any of the doom games yeah quake one 
that just has an atmosphere to it. it, It's in the the, monsters. uh, Better mood, worse gameplay. Who's the guy who did the mute sound for? What's his name again? Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor, thank you. He does the uh, sound of the ranger. That's him. He does all of the sound. Every sound. And specifically the... He he does that? That's him. He's like, was trying to be funny. I don't know. I, I, he was trying I, to make a funny. I just always wonder, thinking like being in the recording studio and being like, <laughs> and like this is the take. That's, that's what right. I'm going to put Do in the game. Do that one more time. That's yeah. going in the game. Oh that's God. the one. I don't know. Hmm. But that's what I. That's what yeah. I. Yeah. I also really want Demon Souls remake on PC. I'd play 200 hours of that. That'd be another game. Kind of feel like that's coming. I, I think it will. I just want to see it happen. It's so funny with that game because I was so hyped to play it, um, like in the fall, and I was so mad I wasn't playing it, but. Now that the hype has passed, I'm just not really interested in playing it. Kind of weird. Kind of weird how hype does that to you. Like you'll be like, "Oh, I FOMO." Yeah. And then like the hype cycle passes, and you're like over it. That, the that's hype where for I'm Village at with was Demon pretty Soul. big. Because there was hype, like nothing the, else for Village. Yeah. But oh when wait, Village for came Resident out, Evil Village. There was 120,000 people playing it on Steam when it came out. Mm. That is a that's a big PC release for a horror game for a single player horror game. That's very impressive. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think I would be able to get over the hype cycle for Village or uh, Hitman Three because I just love those franchises. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I think Souls, it was deserved I, for Village. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Demon Souls is a spectacular game yeah it's amazing um it's it's easily like you could you could argue that bloodborne dark souls one or demon souls are the best yeah. games that they've made yet um or sekiro or sekiro so basically just not dark souls 2 <laughs> not dark souls uh, sequels yeah i, I that's how i feel yeah but yeah, uh, yeah. but yes it's it, you there was the urgency was there in 2009 not 2020 like let's let's be real the game came out 11 12 years ago yeah all right let's move on to rex and close up shop for this week this is a long podcast uh, Oren, what are you bringing for us this week? What are you recommending? Um, if you have Amazon Prime, which I understand if you don't have Amazon Prime because you don't want to support Jeff Bezos, but if you have Amazon Prime, um, Barry Jenkins, the director of Moonlight, mm. released a miniseries called The Underground Railroad. Oh, Barry Jenkins did and, that? Yeah, he directed, that. Every, he directed every episode. Oh, I'm watching it. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty amazing. Like, uh, um, the way I would sell it is it's like uh, it's in the vein of Pan's Labyrinth, like Guillermo del Toro. It's like an uh, it's like a magical realist retelling of that era of the Underground Railroad. It's very fantastical. It's very brutal, mm. but it's also a very engaging show with some amazing. Uh, uh, just camera work like the way Barry Jenkins moves the camera is just fascinating um like entire scenes will just unfold and you'll just realize that there hasn't been a cut like it's like a very subtle long take that's really graceful and really well blocked hmm. and uh and and yeah he's it's just uh it's just a really well-made show I was really impressed with it I think it might actually be my favorite thing he's done um I know that's probably controversial because Moon, a, lot, a lot of people love Moonlight, Moonlight's but um, amazing. they went an Oscar yeah. for that, right? Yep, it's Moonlight. Yeah, they're like it's Moonlight. No, Moonlight won. Yep, Moonlight. Or <laughs> no, it's La La Land. Yeah. No, it's Moonlight. <laughs> no, uh, it's yeah. actually Moonlight. For yes, real. yeah. Um, but uh, no, the the show is great. I think you guys would love it. It's uh, only ten episodes. It's it's a it's a hard watch, but it's also like 
really transporting in a lot of ways, like really magical. Um, has a lot of themes about racial history and mm. um, how like uh, how, how basically how like white people tend to crush anything uh, American black populations try to build in our country and how that's a recurring theme theme through history. Really great stuff. Give it a shot. All right. That sounds that's yeah, you sold me. Actually, I will definitely watch that. Um, Barry Jenkins. He's one of he's he's like a true wonderkin. He's like he's 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 one of the best working today, I'd say. Kevin, what is your uh, recommendation? Uh, my recommendation is just the general object of cheeseburgers. I find them to be very tasty. I eat them three. I think I'm gonna get a five. You know, I'm gonna get a Five Guys cheeseburger right now. Yeah, I'm just gonna get <laughs> I eat it. them three Uber, times. A I'm week. gonna Uber eats this yeah. right now. Uber yeah. eats. Do you guys go with double or singles? Double usually because I go for Burgers Never Say Die, which in Los Angeles was just like the best fucking cheeseburger in the world, mm-hmm. and they only serve doubles. And oh. I think they're they're pretty good. But you aren't. Are you? Yeah. I, I do doubles. Doubles. Yeah. Cheese, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Would you ever um, eat a hamburger? It's a regular ham, not a cheeseburger, but a hamburger. No, because you know what? You know what I discovered recently, and I wonder if you guys agree with me. But um, I just discovered, and I always kind of knew this, but I never consciously recognized it. But uh, blue cheese on burgers is like the best thing ever. Do you guys agree with me? I use no? American cheese. America. I like American cheese, I, but I I've, dis- I've discovered blue cheese, you and I think it's really good. This is like a. Okay. Well, this is this, this I would has try been discovered it. Hey, before. I, I will try it. I will. I will definitely it, it next time. No, give it a shot. Like I like blue queso. Just queso blue. azur. Yeah, azur? yeah. Blue cheese on burgers. Just uh, give it a shot. It's got to be like a thicker. Stop. We Rico. Yeah. Do you like relish in your burger, Orin? No. No. So no. there's this place in LA called Fat Burger, and they have relish in their burgers. And I never had relish before. Yeah. But then when I went there, I was had like relish before. Never in my life have I ever eaten relish before. What the so when fuck? I had when I had relish on the burger, what would you what, is this shocking? I had relish and it was a very good moment. So now I get relish on my burgers all the time because did, of fat burger. Did you uh, did you relish yeah, the moment? I, I did so not make that joke. So I, thank thank me. I, for I, I thought that, about that it, but joke. then I avoided it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought about it and avoided I, I, it too. Fat burger has relish and pickles, so it, it really doubles yeah, down on the, on uh, the salty brine the cucumber products. Yeah. Um, so cheeseburgers are good and I eat them. If you don't mind, yeah, animals, or which I understand, I'm having a problem with. I get that too. You get the Impossible Burger though; it's supposed to be pretty good. Impossible Burgers, yeah, actually, ra- so surprisingly convincing. I'm all for that too. Okay, uh, my recommendation is uh, Jason Schreier's new book. It's called Press Reset, and then it has like a long extra title that I can't remember. It's like Rise and Ruin in the Video Game Industry, something like that. And it it is uh, his sequel to Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, which was largely about crunch but it was also about like how video games are made this one is much more about what happens when video game studios close down and it's not about like the economic reasons why studios close but more like what happens to the people who work in the video game industry when studios shut down and it goes through it starts with um uh phil spec not phil specter warren specter um, and it kind of chronicles his career and his like, I mean, Warren Spector's like renowned video game designer who's only made four games. And there's a reason for that. And that's to do with the sort of instability of the video game industry. Uh, so it, it's, I, I'm not going to like go into the whole, tell the whole book, but it, it, I highly recommend it. It goes into irrational games and sort of the development behind the different Bioshock game, Bioshock games. 
um, and, and several other studios, including I'd never heard of this before, but Kurt Schilling, who is a former I baseball wrote, pitcher. Oh, sorry. I think I ever heard Star House Five. Nope, nope. That's Kurt Vonnegut. Gotcha. Uh, Kurt Schilling uh, had a had a started a video game studio to he wanted to create a World of Warcraft killer, which we all know how those goes mm. those go. But uh, it, it like I didn't never even heard of his studio. He they, it was connected to Kingdoms Kingdoms of uh, Amular. Mm. Um, oh, the game was yeah. not very good. No, yeah, it was okay. It wasn't horrible. I heard the combat was good. The combat was good. So I don't know. Like, there's some really shocking and interesting stories, and it just kind of like like it it shows you how fucked like the video game system like industry is, and like something to think about when like when we're just like consuming video games like they're fucking candy, and not really thinking about how much time of someone's life and how much economic instability somebody had to endure to give us these AAA games. Um, yeah, I so, think about it. It's it's a great book. Jason Trier is pretty renowned for writing about this kind of stuff, so I, I recommend it. It's kind of crazy that you say that because I, I listened to this uh, podcast. It was a kind of funny podcast with Tim Schafer. Mm. He uh, he did like Psychonauts, right. all that stuff. Lucas some of the Double stories, fine. yeah some some of the stories that he told were like just so shocking to me. Like he was like there were literally times where. Um, like they were making a game and they like didn't have quite enough money to finish it so they would like ask the publisher for more money and they just like wouldn't know if they were going to get more money or not like they might just have to shut everything down and it's like like oh crap if we don't know in like a week like i'm going to like i'm going to have to start firing people right <laughs> it's just absolutely insane like what like it's it's pretty much a miracle that any video game gets made, honestly. It is. And, like, some of the stories in this book are even more shocking than that. Like, people just, like, ent an entire staff coming to work and just finding out, oh, uh, your, our paychecks didn't come through, and the parent company is completely broke and filing for bankruptcy. And we all have to start finding a new job today. Ugh. Like, uh. like... It's pretty... It's pretty... It's, I, I recommend to read it. Like, I think, like, it's good to understand the industries that you invest heavily into. And um, th this book is a, is a good little look into it. Hmm. I really should read it. Yeah, I mean, I love reading. Uh, I, I mean, Jason Trier is probably the most interesting and important person to follow on Twitter. If you're interested in the video game industry. So I probably owe it to him to read his books too. Yeah. Although can we all say fuck you, Jason Trier for uh, canceling Starfield? He got it delayed. He canceled, <laughs> asshole. Uh, you know, he he said that it's not coming out this year because there was like so much hype. Even you and I were talking about like that Starfield was going to release. Jason Schreier was like, "Look, I know for a fact it's not coming out this year, so just shut the fuck up." Uh, Watch the fall season. The fall season's literally just going to be like Far Cry Six and uh, like Battlefield and Call of Duty. Those are going to be the three games that come out in the probably. fall. Yeah. God of War and Deathloop. God of War's not this year, no way. No, it looks like, yeah, no, maybe not. No, that's 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 I don't next think, year. I mean, they they just started hiring for like writers for the story like six months ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no good. way. There's no way. <laughs> no way. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that was fun. Uh, I'll see you guys soon. Madden, as always, we love you and uh, take care of yourselves, people. Bye bye.